One, two, one, two. Okay, there we go. Uh, the pastor asked me to say that he's on vacation, so you're not going to see him this morning. Brother Art has uh, graciously said he would fill in today and tonight. We're looking forward to that. And uh, please pay attention because he's got a word of the Lord, and it's going to be great. We also got a card from the Clark family. It says, we just want to thank everyone who y'all have done for us in the passing of my brother cards, the meals, everything you did, the songs, everything was great, touched a lot of people in the family, and they just wanted to say thank you very much for everything that was done from the church for them, and uh, I know that they appreciate it. Remember the pastor, he's still traveling, today he's going on an adventure that he is not sure he's ready for, but uh, we're praying for him, and uh, at this time, Sister Sherry.
at this time, if the ushers would come forward. Father, we pray that you will bless this offering. Bless us, Lord. Help us to do as you would have us to do. Lord, I pray that you will bless those that have to give and those that do not. All be for thy kingdom. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Get a chance to walk around. We have a couple minutes to say hello to everybody. glad to be here this morning? Yeah. Amen. It's a great day. Brother Mary and James will be reading scripture today. Praise the Lord. Good looking crowd out there. Um, I've probably read these scriptures before, but you can't exhaust God's word. Um, this is Paul's charge to Timothy, Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, looking at verse 14. Paul says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make these wise to salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Verse 16, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 
I like to go to the Lord in prayer. Um, I, I love this. I love the crowd. Um, I feel God's presence, and you know that's most important of all, feeling the presence of the Lord. Um, I love. I love His house. I love His people. Let us pray. Father, again, we're thankful, Lord, always to be in Your place. Father, we're thankful, Lord, that Your presence is in the sanctuary today, Lord. Father, we just ask, Lord, that You would touch and just move upon Your people, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would love one another as Christ told us to love. And, Father, we praise You right now and ask that You would touch and move upon the service. Bless the music. Bless the Word. I pray, Lord, that You would give the speaker, Brother R, Lord, that extra strength that only comes from above. Lord, that anointing. Lord, we praise you right now and thank you for all that you're going to do in this service. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. After that uh, Sunday school lesson this morning, Paul going out and telling people about Jesus, uh, this morning I'm going to sing, I present you to Jesus. Again, he is called. 
Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take a moment just to praise the Lord. Lord, we do thank you and praise your holy name for your presence this morning. Thank you, Lord, for being with us again. Lord, I pray that you will continue to abide with us and help us, Lord. I pray that you will bless this service today as Brother Artis comes and gives the message, Lord. But let us feel your presence, Lord, this whole with your people, Lord. We thank you, we praise you, we give you the glory and the honor, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Good morning. Good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. You enjoy this singing? Amen. We appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning. As I was sitting there, I'm wondering, I wonder if you've been praying for your preacher while he's on vacation for God to just fill him up again. And bless him and bring him back full of the spirit and power to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me say it's a pleasure this morning to have all of you present. But it's especially good to be in church with my family this morning. It's been a while since... We've all been together in church, and I want to thank them for humbling themselves and coming to listen to me try to preach. God is so good to us and blesses us in such a mighty way, and we owe him so much that we can never repay him for his blessings on our life. And I hope and pray this morning that God would help me myself to get closer to the Lord and that he might touch everybody here present in some manner that they could say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord and feel his presence. We all need those refreshing times in life. And I believe God would like to refresh us this morning and touch us in our soul. Because the journey that's with us today is going to be a trying time. We're going to have to live more cautious than we've ever lived. Bow ourselves before the throne of grace more often. And seek God, especially us older folks, because the devil's going to try to destroy you. If he couldn't destroy you while you was young, he's going to try his best to destroy you in the last mile of the way. I'd like for you to stand, if you would, please, for reading the scripture in Galatians. 
chapter 6, verse 14. After I read the scripture, I'd, I'd like for my brother to ask God to be with us and touch us. I'd like to see somebody saved. Been a while. And it ought to sadden our hearts that we've let some time go by so often without seeing souls come to God. Verse 14 of Galatians 6. But God forbid that I should glory, saving on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me, and I unto the world. Would you pray for us, Larry, and ask God to bless us. be seated. I'd like to just simply talk about the cross of Christ and what it means. The cross is a symbol of shame. The word for cross comes from a Latin word, cru, C-R-U-X, that means cross and it means torment or torture, shame, death. It's the emblem of Christians around the world. But the cross means much more than an emblem and we wear around our necks or hang on our walls or just placed in the church. The real meaning of the cross is suffering. Anywhere you look at the cross, it means suffering. Something that I surely don't like to do, brother. I feel like I'm 
so much out of the will of God when I suffer. But the Bible tells us to suffer the things of God to be so. We see that torture and suffering and a humane treatment was what Christ went through for me and you to be able to be here this morning and be able to have a hope and a trust in the Lord. I want to, for just a moment or two, try to look at what the cross means to different people and how the cross is the only way that we can come to God and be the people of God that God wants us to be. From God's standpoint of view, the cross is a perpetuation. Perpetuation means that he took on himself the punishment of our sins and satisfied God's righteous judgment against sinners. Forgiveness is now offered to every one of us throughout the whole wide world, not just us in America. But without the cross, God would not forgive us of our sins. It's a token in the Old Testament, and it says that cursed is everyone that hangeth on a cross. Christ, we see from his standpoint of view, he was a sacrifice. He gave himself as a supreme sacrifice that no one else was able or could afford to give. He gave himself for you and me, an offering for sin, so that you and I might be saved and brought into the family of God. From mine and your standpoint of view, he's a substitution. He took my place, just as simple as that in your place. He died so that you could have a right relationship with God. Hallelujah. Don't matter where you come from, what kind of sin that you have committed in your life, Jesus is that supreme sacrifice. He's the one that John said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He's that one that come into the world to seek and to save that which was lost and undone. And without him there would be no use to be here this morning. Hallelujah. But I'm glad that from the foundation of the world, when God decided to make man, that the Lord was right there and God knew and the Lord knew and the Holy Ghost knew that man would die, would backslide and go away from God and go out into sin and turn away from God. And the Lord, I, I, I tried to think this morning in the hours of the morning what it was like, what that conversation might have been like when the Lord uh, and the Father decided to make man and maybe the father looked at the son and said, Son, you know, if we make man in our own image, he's going to fail. He's going to falter. He won't be able to stand against the wiles of the devil that is going to and go to and fro in the world to seek that that is saved to make them to be lost. And I believe in my heart that the Lord willingly said, Lord, 
when that time comes, I'll be willing to offer myself as a supreme sacrifice. I'll lay aside my royal place in the heavenly world, and I'll come down to where man is, so that I can lift him up out of the dark domains of life and bring him into a fellowship with God so he can ever be at peace with you and me, and he can live forever in the world that's yet to come. Hallelujah. He's my substitute this morning. He was a sinless one, suffering for the sinner. He wasn't suffering for his wrong. He was suffering for mine and yours so that we could have a right to be born into the family of God and become the sons and daughters of the living God of glory. And he's here this morning, and if you're lost, he's coming to seek you out this morning. You'll never forget this day as long as you live in this world or in the world to come because God is going to talk to your heart. God is going to talk to your soul. Hallelujah. And let you know it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment of God. God's going to judge you one of these days. Hallelujah. He's going to be your Savior. And even if He's your Savior, He's going to judge you for the way that you live when you stand before the judgment seat of God. And if you don't accept Him, you're going to stand before the white throne judgment of God. Because God sent His Son into the world to give you an opportunity that you don't have to live with the devil and the demon forces of hell forever and forever. I didn't mean to stay quite that long in this introduction, but I want to tell you, my friend, Peter said, He in His own self bore our sins in His body. You see, a man's body his whole body, his mind, and his spirit, and his soul. He's weak in it when it comes to the things of God. The Lord Jesus Christ had to become flesh before he could ever come to the cross. He had to have be faced with the same temptation that you and I face with. Hallelujah. And he had to be victorious. Oh, God. I don't know how in the world in his human body he was able to undergo all that he underwent so that you and I could have these problems. Or if you're saved this morning, you ought to be happy. I don't care how you feel in your body. No matter how the devil is trying to run hot shot over you, you ought to say, praise the Lord. I've been washed in the blood of the spotless Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I've been made whole. But when Peter goes on, and he says in his body on the tree that you and I, being dead to sin, we're living in a time and a place where men and women don't want to die. We're sinners. They want to hold on. And I know I'm not going to get in my message this morning. Hallelujah. He died so that you and me could be set free from sin. You say, Preacher, have you ever had trouble with sin since you got saved? Yes, I have, more than one time. Hallelujah, I go around with the devil just about every day of my life. But thank God for the Savior. <laughs> Hallelujah, he don't throw me aside. <laughs> Hallelujah, when I feel weak and when I feel like I can't make it any further. I thank God that the Spirit of the Lord don't leave me. I feel like I'm alone, but I'm never, he said, you're never alone. Hey, I'm with you always, even until the end of time. He's here this morning. Hallelujah. I don't deserve his blessing. I don't deserve what I feel down in my soul. But thank
thank God for Jesus Christ this morning and the supreme sacrifice that he made for me and you that we might be washed in the blood. If you got washed in the blood, friend, you come out of sin. <laughs> he said you can't sin. <laughs> that don't mean that you don't fail, brother. That means you can't live in a perpetual way of sin. You fail. Everybody, every man in the Bible that I've read failed God somewhere. But you see, he says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He'll forgive us of all our sins and our trespasses. He wants to help us this morning. Matter of fact, he wants to help you every day of your life. Now, I, can't, I ain't going to try to preach like Brother Jonathan. I ain't got the mind to, the knowledge to, the strength to, the energy to. But I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want him to have to hang his head. <laughs> Hallelujah. When he comes back, say, I wish I had not asked my uncle to preach. <laughs> but I've been praying God would renew his strength. And he'd come back a better man, a better preacher than he is or has been. Listen. To the, me and you, it's a time that the Lord has provided for our salvation. But you see, there's another sign to that, the devil. And let's look at it from the devil's standpoint. For Satan, it was a triumphant. He felt like it was a defeat. It was a triumphant because Satan had bruised the heel of the seed of the woman. But listen, it was a defeat because the head of Satan is bruised and it'll be yet crushed. Listen, The Lord went to the cross so that he could destroy the power of the devil for anybody that wanted to be Christ-like. First thing I'd like for us to look at, there are three points, and I doubt I get to them, but that'll be all right. First thing I'd like for us to look at is the cruelty of the cross. I don't think that I can really imagine how cruel it was what they'd done to the Lord. It was the most brutal inhuman act of punishment for crime. Never has there been a crueler punishment placed on man. Primarily, it was reserved by the Romans for slaves. This kind of death was a curse by the Jews in Deuteronomy. 
in the New Testament, it says, Cursed is every man or everyone that hangs on a tree. The crucifixion of Christ was the most despicable act that has ever been done in the human history. To understand it, this fact we only need to look at the betrayal. I was betrayed. And the fact that everyone forsook him, the illegal trial, the false witnesses, the shameful treatment. Listen at some of these scriptures that back up what I have told you. He was betrayed by one of his own in Matthew. He was falsely accused again in Matthew. He was illegally tried and sentenced in John and in Luke. We find that Pilate's testimony should have convinced them that he was innocent because he said, I find no fault in him, in the man. A pagan ruler couldn't even honestly find fault with Jesus Christ. But yet, we see where the people find it not necessary to come to Christ through the cross. We find also that Pilate's wife's testimony should have effect, had effect on him and those people associated with him because she said to him, I have suffered many things in a dream. I'm a sinner people could see that this just man ought not to die. And yet, we look at life and we don't take it very seriously anymore, even in the church world, not just in our local churches, but all around the world. We don't realize the supreme sacrifice that was paid. We find that have nothing to do with this just man. I've suffered many things in a dream because of him. Judas is testifying, I have betrayed innocent blood. He is one that had went out and betrayed God, Son Jesus, that had walked with him, that had been given power to cast out demons and devils. Amen. You say, preacher, people can't do that and backslide. That's a lie out of hell. Amen. The Bible says he gives that power to all 12 of them, not 11. Amen. Amen. We don't like to digest that, but it's a fact. His disciples forsook him. His enemies despised him and rejected him. They plucked out his beard. They spit in his face. They smote him. Treated him in the horriblest manner that everyone, anyone has ever been treated. But yet, when he stood before Pilate, he opened not his mouth. My, 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 I feed him this morning. This is one of the most serious sermons I've preached in a long time. 
I remember preaching it 40 years ago, and it was serious then. And it's just as serious this morning as it's ever been. Hallelujah. It's just as real now as it was then. It's just as commanding of you now as it was then. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Lord God, and he changes not. Hallelujah. I know today that people, uh, they, they come forward and they, they, they get saved, and they most of the time they'll stay in the seat. They're too ashamed to even stand up and say, Jesus has changed my life. He's forgiven me of my sin. But he says, if you'll be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. If you deny me, I'll deny you. In the church world, we're denying him. Amen. Preachers are changing. Churches are changing. But God never changes, brother. Hallelujah. He still wants people to stand up before the congregation and say, I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. My sins are hid beneath the cross. Hallelujah. I'm washed. I'm made whole. Hallelujah. I'm a new preacher, a new creature. Hallelujah. You can't walk out of here like you came in if you get born again. Hallelujah. And you get your, your, your sins under the blood of the Lamb. I remember the night I got saved. Hallelujah. When I walked back in the yard where my brother was in the house, he come out the house and I didn't have to say a thing to him. He walked out the door crying, broken, because the Spirit of the Lord was upon me. <laughs> you can't get saved without the Spirit of the Lord coming on you. You can't get washed in the blood of the Lamb and go out like you came in and never make a move. Never say, praise the Lord, glory to God. Hallelujah. You won't set sour in the services. Because you've been born into a new family. Been made whole by the blood of the Lamb. They scourged him. Listen, I want this is one verse, one little part of this I want you to get. And I'll try to be through by one o'clock. Hallelujah. God loved his son. He so loved the world that he gave his son to die for mine and your sin. His death was a manifestation of his love towards us. But if you've missed it, this part, but it's also a manifestation of his divine judgment against sin. You didn't get that, did you? We get the part that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we might be saved. But you don't get the part that he, that he died not only his death was not only a manifestation of his love, but it was also a manifestation of his divine judgment against sin. Amen. We don't ever talk about that, brothers. But if you don't accept Jesus Christ, he's going to be your judge in the very near future.
He's going to push divine judgment on you that will never be broken. No one's ever went to heaven and come back but Jesus Christ. No one's ever went to hell and got out for a moment and never will because Jesus come to offer you life and to offer it to you more abundantly. Hallelujah. And we need to ask God to help us preach not only that God loves you and wants to save you, but if you don't accept his salvation, he's going to be the one that judges you. You know the Father's not going to judge you? You know who's going to judge you? Jesus Christ. And if you put him off, swept him under the rug, been ashamed of him in the marketplace, chances are you're going to die, and he's going to be your eternal judge to judge you and punish you forever and forever. Amen. He appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He offered one sacrifice for sin forever. You see, in the Old Testament, they had to keep offering a sacrifice for sin. But Jesus come in one time. One time. Offered himself without spot so that you and I could be saved this morning. And if I know my heart this morning, God wants to save some people here. I've been praying. I know some others have been praying for somebody to get saved. You've been praying. The church has been praying. But we're not seeing people born into the family of God. Oh, Lord. Could I ask you a question? I'm getting away from what I'd like to thought I'd preach. But can you imagine what the church is going to be in the next, if the Lord don't come in the next 20 years, if these young folks don't start getting saved, I'm talking about getting saved, where you'll know they've changed the way they live, the way they act, the way they talk, the way they dress. When they walk out into the schoolroom, people will know there's something different about them. If when you go out in the world, if you're an old Christian and people don't recognize Christ in you, you ain't saved good. Amen. In the church world today, the young people are going in a different direction. The powers of darkness is swept over the church, and we are afraid to preach the truth of God to them. We are afraid to tell them what sin really is, what it's like, what it will do for them, what the punishment is for them that they're going to receive if they don't turn their life into Jesus Christ and let him humble their heart. And no, not let him humble their heart. He says, you humble your heart. Metal, you can't get saved with a stiff neck. Preacher can't preach with a stiff neck thinking he or she is better than anybody else. Listen to me, friend. God's got to break your heart. He's got to break your, your dumb spirit. He's got to break your self-will. You're nothing. Hallelujah, until you're saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah, you're worse than a bum on the street. Me and my brother walk those roads. We know what it's like to be a bum in the world. 
away from God with a mama praying, shutting up our heart. I'm at home in the middle of the night and hearing her crying out to God, God save my voice. Oh God, how many Christians last night prayed for your son or your daughter? How many church members prayed today not just to have some good singing? I love singing. God likes singing because most of the Bible is in songs and singing. God loves it, sister. Y'all done a good job this morning. But I want to tell you, it takes more than singing. Somebody's got to fall on their face before God and make intercession to God for those that are lost and undone and away from God or the church is going to die. I saw it die right here in my ministry. All people quit praying took the altars out of the church. But Jesus said, my, my house is going to be a house of prayer. Hallelujah. He didn't say a whole lot about singing. He didn't say a whole lot about the music and the church. But he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer of all men, all nations, all kingdoms. He went to the cross so that you could have intercession. He would send you another intercession or intercessor. The Holy Spirit's here this morning. He's interceding for me and you right now down here in the earth. But thank God Jesus is up there in heaven. And come on, Holy Spirit, and intercede. Help them to see their need, to seek the face of God. Our sin is everywhere around. And it'll break their heart. It'll break their name. It'll break their home. It'll take them out into sin farther than they want to go. Keep them that long. Then they want to be in hell. Bring them back to the fold of God. Oh, my God. Would you please help our hearts this morning? Break our spirits. Humble our hearts before God. God hates a proud and a haughty look. Most of our preachers stand in the bullpit this morning so haughty and high-minded and self-righteous because they've got a degree to preach but they ain't got no anointing. They can preach circles around some but they don't find people to come of a broken heart and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Listen, friend, when the church, is, it's easy for sinners to sit in the church. That church is backslid on God. I know I've been in backslidden churches. I've been in them when I pastored them. When you get afraid to preach to the people until God would get a hold to you. Tell you to preach the truth. Why preach the truth? Because the truth will set you free. It's the only thing whereby a man can be saved is the truth of the gospel. And if I preach to you this morning and it don't touch your life and your heart, something's wrong with my preaching. If you feel comfortable here this morning, God help me to preach to seek his face before the night comes. There's all that saying, listen, I'm trying to speak to your heart this morning, young people. I'm trying to spare you from an eternal death and an eternal hell. But you got to listen. 
Are you listening this morning? They preach right on God, my mind made up. I'm going to go out of here like I went. I come. God help you. If you go to out of that door and you die and go to hell, you won't forget today. I hadn't got out of my first part, and I'm close. But if I've ever felt, I promised God a year ago, I said, God, if you'll open doors for me to preach, I'll preach like I used to preach. I won't be afraid of what the preacher thinks. I won't be afraid of what the wife thinks. I won't think be worried about what my brother thinks or my sister. I'll preach the truth. And the devil's tried to kill me. I've been the worst I've ever been in my life in the last year. But I told God, I said, God, if you'll raise me up. If it ain't for six months, when I preach, I'll preach for souls. I won't preach try to just draw a crowd. I won't preach to try to satisfy the board. I'll preach because I'm called to preach the gospel. Who did it again? to tell you jokes. I'm not here to tickle you. I'm here to break your heart and your spirit. To let you know how far we've drifted away from God. Right here. While I was preaching here and pastoring. God's going to give you hope. Sister Beulah, you can rise up. <laughs> Hallelujah. We can all get up from where we are. But you know what? He tells us, I believe it's in Romans, the 12th chapter. I've been studying this message to preach it for two or three years. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. How many of us today is our bodies a living sacrifice? No, we want to dress it up like we want to dress it up. We want to be proud of how we look, and that's nothing wrong with that. But how does our soul look? I remember one time right after I got saved, I used to, my wife used to like for me to wear cufflinks, you know, and tie pins and, one morning, I was standing before the mirror, sister, getting ready to go to church, young Christian. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost got a hold of me. And Brother Jimmy, he said, if you was as concerned about your soul as you is your body, you'd be a lot better Christian. for the musicians to come because I'm not going to get out of the first part. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I'd like to see this morning. I'd like to see an old-fashioned church ending. 
You say, preacher, I don't know nothing about that. That's what's wrong with you. You come and enjoy the singing, love the singing and rejoice and worship God and all that's great. But if you don't come in an altar and pray, you went out just like you come. That song will fade away. But if you, Brother Jimmy, if you get in touch with heaven around the altar or feel a burden to pray with somebody that's lost, you won't get away from that. You'll go home with that. You'll take it home and you'll bring it back with you tonight. You'll find you a closet somewhere to get alone with God and talk to the Lord because lost souls are dying. And you're going to have to give an account for it. And I'm going to have to give an account for it. The church is going to have to give an account. Sing when you will, because I've blundered along enough. My Father, would you stand? Can I tell you one other thing before I do? Would you Thank you. Hold it just one minute. i got one other thing I want to tell you. When I was praying this morning, talking to the Lord, my mind went back. You know what the Lord brought to mind? And I asked him, and I talked with him about it. I said, Lord, one more time while I'm preaching. I'd like to have somebody in the back room intercede. You don't get it, do you? You know when the old preachers used to go somewhere to start a revival? You know what they done first? They sent a delegation. Two or three men most of the time. They'd rent a room. You know what they would do? They didn't go out into the neighborhood. You can go out into the neighborhood, but if you don't take some anointing with you, you might as well stay home. They would pray. Some of the greatest revivals that's recorded in modern-day history come with evangelists that had people that would pray in the churches. The elders sometimes, two or three of them, would go back in the back room. Oh, yo, 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 yo. Would you like to see that again? You could be one of those people. That door back there's got war room on it. And if it ain't attended, you ain't in a war that you're going to win. You can sing like a mockingbird. You can play like Libby Rochi or Chet Askins. But if the church service ain't got no anointing on it, anointing's not necessarily just shouting and raising your hand. Anointing's when it breaks people's hearts. It tears down the wall of sin. It brings conviction to the preacher to preach.
takes the simple things to touch men and women's hard hearts and to bring them to a realization that we need to step up. Step up. Step up. Some of you lost here this morning. You got an opportunity to do that. I'm sorry I interrupted you. What would you say? I'd like for some of you elders to come first. Find your place to pray. Pray for conviction to fall on sinners. In this house this morning. If you could know everything there was to know about life's game, yet you've known nothing until you've known God and His love. He wants to save you this morning. Church, He wants to revive you.
I'm not old. I'm not old. An ego trip. I'm nothing on my own. I make mistakes. I often slip. Just common flesh and bone. But I'll prove someday just why I say I'm of a special kind. Cause when he was on the